time it's that time it's wkcr fm new york wkcr hd wkcr.org or maybe you're listening to the deep focus podcast on your favorite podcasting app or at mitchgoldman.podbean.com any which way here's what we do here's the way you play the game we invite a guest into the studio that guest chooses a topic of our dedicated attention for three hours. And the challenge to your humble narrator is to plunge into the WKCR archives and find live unreleased recordings of the topic selected by our guest. And that's what we're about to do. It's a bit of a high wire act. I'm standing right now, gazing down at that little tiny cup of water, about to do a deep dive. But there to catch me is my guest for this evening, William Hooker, welcome back to WKCR. So good to be with you, Mitch. So good to be with you, William. Yeah. How about that? It's a great day. It's a great day. Uh Uh-huh. It's a great day. And we have a great person to talk about today. We've done a bunch of these. We haven't had a stinker yet. Well, this is is definitely one for the archives. I liked what you said. I put a little blurb out there, and you said it's somebody who you thought didn't really get his due or hasn't gotten his due yet. And why don't we tell the folks who we're thinking about? We're talking about Joseph Jarman. Joseph Jarman. And people probably, uh, a lot of people associate him. The thing he was probably most well-known for was Art Ensemble of Chicago, which he was a founding member. But he did a lot of other stuff and really pointing the lens at some of that other stuff tonight. Yes, we have to. What now? You and I have done. Uh, we did one of these on, on Sonny Murray. We did one on Elvin Jones. The first one we did was Rashid Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys all have one particular thing in common. They play drums. They all play drums, as do you. And we're going uh, going into some new territory here. I figured it was about time. I, you know, it's kind of funny every time I ask somebody to do this and I, I I ask with no preconceived notions I never encourage anybody to do one thing or another yes. I always want to hear and, and for the very practical reason that for me the more sincere the fandom of my guests the better the show it is and I don't want to push anything on anybody but usually after they tell me who they're going to do a lot of the time I'll have this like slapping my head feeling like well of course this person's choosing that topic this is gonna it's a perfect fit why didn't i think of that and i kind of had that feeling with you for a number of reasons but you tell me why joseph jarman's work 
strikes a chord for you? That's a very, that's a very, very deep question because um, <clears throat> I must say, he's gone, he, he went through a transition in his life um, while he was here on Earth, which I, I was very, went, very, very, very interesting to me. He went, I think he went through a few. But uh, yeah, the, the one going. I oh, well, I'm just going to be broad. I'm going to paint with a broad brush. Like I think that music was one thing, and being a priest is another thing. And to put the two together, ultimately, is really a high calling. And I think that both of both of those are about something that. I like to refer to, and I feel very safe, I feel very comfortable in. It's just that I don't know that many people who can say that they actually did that in their lives. I mean, I can remember when um, when I first met Frank Wright and I, on Subway, and, and then someone mentioned he, his name is Reverend Frank Wright. Yes. And that was that kind of like threw me a little bit, but it didn't throw me in a way because I could I could see that. Um, however, um, Joseph Jarman, and I don't know the man. I never met him. Uh, I don't know that much about how he grew up, where he grew up, what he did. I do know that his recording had a very, very deep impact on me as a young man about 19 years old. And there were two records, two records specifically out of that group of people. And and I think it was because of the way the uh, uh, the covers were. Mm. One of them was, I think, Levels and Degrees of Light. That wow. was, a, that was uh, a Muhal, I believe. And the other one was... Um, Joseph Jarman's uh, As If It Were the Seasons. Mm. That really, I mean, when I looked at that record, it was really, because uh, nobody else around me really even liked any of this music. And I was just like the person that was, you know, ordering these records and getting them and sending away from them. And then uh, they would arrive and the person would look at me like I was like from another planet, practically. Uh, he always took the money, but he always looked at me like, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? Where, what, you know, what is this? And so, uh, but um, <clears throat> when I put that record on, I, 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 I immediately identified with what he was saying. It took me a while to understand his tone of voice because I didn't expect him to be that kind of, I didn't expect him to sound that way. And um, because of the the art ensemble of Chicago and what they were doing, um, and and uh, I think that that's that's the main thing that hit me, and it stayed with me for very it stayed with me to this day, um, and um, that's the reason why I chose him because I figured that you and I, you and I are going to make a transit. We're going to make a. A, a, a turn 
and we're going to start investigating people for reasons other than music. Yeah. Well, you know, this is very interesting to me, and I love hearing your response and your thinking. When when you said you wanted to focus on Joseph Jarman, the things that occurred to me were that it seems to me that a lot of the things that you pursue in your work are not necessarily the same as, but maybe going through doors that he opened. And I'm thinking about kind of the theatricality that he brought. You don't uh, go down the road the same way that he did with costumes and things like that, but poetry, incorporating dance into his performances. These are, you know, the, the your film stuff, his theater stuff, the other ways of storytelling, the fact that there is a body of work that inspires you in your yes. pieces. You're you're responding to things that are in the world, and I think that's very much a lot of what Joseph Jarman was about, from what I know. And I just wanted uh, to let folks know I, you're spot on that he did actually. I mean, really, we could draw a line under this. He walked away from the music. He walked away from a very successful group that he was part of, successful creatively, commercially. Art Ensemble Chicago was a headline act playing, you know, concert halls and throughout the world, art centers all over the world. And he left, and uh, he said he became a priest, which he did. I just thought I would specify he was a Zen Buddhist priest. Absolutely. And also, uh, along with that, uh, Aikido. Aikido, yeah, he was an Aikido instructor and ran a facility for that in Brooklyn, which, and then he did come back to the music later. That's right. So, I mean, it's really, there's a lot of- We're going to investigate that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just, uh, you were asking, you were saying about um, biographical details, Mm -hmm. broad strokes, he came, our ensemble of Chicago did, in fact, come out of Chicago. He grew up in Chicago. I think he actually grew up on the north side, but- uh, I think a foundational experience for him, I would imagine, I know he went to DuSable High School and studied under Captain Walter Diet, who was the music instructor there and band leader, and a lot, what you think of reed players that came out of Chicago, the first half dozen names you're going to think of all probably went to do Sable High School and studied with Walter Diet. Right. And, I mean, he also, there's a lot of other stories to tell about shaping influences on Joseph Jarman more than I know, but I do know that's a fundamental one. And also, I think he was born in Arkansas. Yes, he was. Pine Bluffs, Arkansas. Correct, Which I found that very profound because that whole migration and you you followed i mean you know that i've pursued that and and uh that 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 just rang true with me and uh i just figured that that uh, he, he's a, he's a person that um he's a kindred spirit of mine i really felt that from the very very beginning when i was in high school i felt it i felt it and and i knew it i knew it uh, i never got to meet him but i must say that um uh, just some of the paths that he went down, I, I I definitely respect and I definitely look at in um, in a sort of a spiritual um, a, a spiritual turn, and and we're going to investigate that tonight too because um, 
There's so much to be said about stopping music and going into another form of of um, uh, I don't want to say spirituality, but another form of of worship, another form of of um, being. And uh, many people interpret that only through the music, and which is essential. It's very, very essential. But to divorce oneself from it and then to become that is also something that is very, very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I know that like for a while there, well, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But the, it's it's just something that hit me. It's just something that hit me. I know about that. I feel that. And uh, yeah, we're going to investigate the music. Yes, we are. Well, you challenged me to find live unreleased recordings <laughs> in the WKCR archives, and that I did. And I really like this first selection that you've made. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? It? I think it's probably the second. Page? Set of sheets on top, and then right behind that, there's a single page. All right. Um, I well, I I wanted to start off the evening with um. I wanted to start off the evening with the I guess it's a duet. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Don Moyer, and um, it was done at University of Michigan. Um. I can't tell you enough about my relationship with Ann Arbor. It's such an incredible place um, that really respects this music and respects um, the history and the, all that we've done. And um, and so this particular piece was done then, uh, there, and uh, it was done in 79. Uh, so um, I just want to get right into it. I want to get right into it. I won't deal with the university because I know, I don't know who was there at the time. I know who's there now, and uh, but um, it's always been a place that has really taken this music seriously, and and really shown it respect, and uh, deals with the raw data of the music and the musicians. So I guess uh, they're all untitled pieces, um, but we'll hear it. And uh, Joseph Jarman's on reeds, flutes, vocals, percussion. And uh, Don Moyer is on drums and percussion. And uh, this is from um, September 2000. Let's see, what is this? No, it was uh, 79? Yep. All right then. This is uh, 93079. All right. Uh, all right then, let's, let's hear it. It's WKCR. The show is called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. William Hooker is my guest. He has chosen Joseph Jarman as the topic. We've got nearly three hours of music, etc. ahead. So you're right on time for this. And, uh, yeah, duet with Don Moyea. Mm-hmm. WKCR. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
We're going to come right back to that very beautiful, intense live session in just a bit. But uh, let me just tell you, if you've joined us in the middle of that, you're listening to WKCR. The show is called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. My guest tonight, William Hooker. And at William's request, suggestion, recommendation, our focus is on Joseph Jarman, who we were just listening to there in a duet with Don Moyer. And what do you... Feeling? What are you thinking listening to that? Feeling? Well, first of all, um, I've got to say that those two really have. I wrote something down. What did I? What did I say here? I said, um, hmm. "You didn't show it to me." No, no, no. Let's see what I say. The duet is so intimate a space, and I can tell. See, the communicated empathy and respect for our tradition in our lives. Those two playing together, I mean, obviously, um, they had played in the ensemble together, but just their playing together in that case, I could see that um, they really were going down the road together. They really did, and they really, they weren't like pushing each other. They were just walking down the road with intent, and with purpose, and with high, high musicianship. And that's a very, very difficult thing to do. It's a very, very difficult thing to do nowadays. I don't know why that is. I mean, I can't say. It all depends, I guess, on who you play with and for how long. But many of these people have passed away. That's one thing about it. Um, maybe Maybe it's that and also... The opportunities to be able to do these kind of things, um, uh, they're few and far between in terms of America. Um, I guess uh, you could do that if you went from city to city to city for a while. But um, Well, they, they had, I mean, yeah. they were both in the same group. Were, yeah, they were in the Art Ensemble of Chicago for more than 10 years at this exactly. point. Exactly. Moye, I believe, was the last to join that group. But I think he, along with the rest of them, there's something I don't know the details of. Maybe I don't know if there's scholarship on this. But that group formed in Chicago, and then they had a period of residence in Paris in 69. Yeah. And I think it was um, one of those situations where they're basically living in the same house and just playing music together all the time and I think a lot of that you know, I'm mm-hmm. talking about stuff I don't know intimate details of but they they're uh, I've, I've, I've talked with several of them and other people who are around about how they formed and the kind of ethos around which the you know the early days of the AACM and then that period in Paris I know it's a, a kind of foundational moment for the group and then but you know they've been touring and recording and playing together for another a long decade time. beyond that. So, you know, there's that uh Yeah. Yeah. They I, know each other. They know each other. They know each other and they know each other very well. And it, and it's just obvious. It's obvious. It's also obvious that the uh kind of musicianship that they're dealing with, uh which I totally totally respect. It's 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 real stuff. It's real stuff. It's not like, you know, let me just find some sort of tune and just like toot it it's not like that and so um that's the beauty of it and um 
it just brings me into um, who is Joseph Jarman at this point? Who is he? Um, because I guess I, I guess I really I really didn't know. I really didn't know. I just knew that um, he was the person that, to me, as far as that group went, in terms of my own tradition and my own sensibility, he was the one that uh, that was the most out. He was coming. He was coming at it from another another angle, which I really, really, and I really respected, and I I identified with it immediately, immediately, and um, and uh, so I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to say anything because um, we just heard what he can do, and we just heard the music. We heard uh, what came out of that music. Well, they they right. brought it up to a really high level. Uh, you know, yeah. the way they built that up was uh, just felt so organic and true. And yeah. where they started with and where it went to and the way they feed off of each other. And uh, as a drummer, you is... Uh, Moye, you have any thoughts about what he's doing here? I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him because, um, and, and I say that as a drummer, I mean, um, because for me, playing drums is more than just technical skill. It's it's much more than that. It's, it's really understanding uh, the passageways that drums can take you through which are visible and invisible and um and and what message the drums give you the drums give you as you're trying to communicate with them and trying to bond with them um uh it, i could see that that he was a part of a group i could see that but more important for me was the fact that um Joseph Jarman is at the point where he's made, he's getting ready to make this tran this this transition in his life, and this is speaking to more than just just musicianship. It's it's more than just being a musician, you know. It's it's more than just playing the music, and 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 I identify with that completely, uh, and and that's a very scary place to be. Because many people, they just see you as a person who plays music, and it's in that language. And you understand, if you are seeking it, you understand that there is something higher. There is something higher. Um, They understood it when Train came out with Love Supreme. They understood that. But if you don't say it outright, they don't. They don't. They don't interpret it that way. They interpret it just through sound. They don't interpret this higher aspiration that brings in every religious tradition that there is, which brings in every human tradition that there is. And you're in the middle of it, and you're trying to express this to those people, and you're trying to open them up to who you are. And that's why I respect what Joseph Jarman was about because I really, that's a very, very lonely path to travel. 
It's a very lonely path to travel. It involves money. It involves bookings. It involves fandom. It involves, like, you know. And you're involved in this enterprise with these other guys who are, you know, your creative partners, your business partners. Sure, sure. And and you're asking, you're, you're asking, which you eventually demand that you, de- well, no, you don't demand it. You don't demand it because you can't, because every person has their own way of looking at things. I mean, a person could be a, a person could be an atheist and not understand what you're saying in a way, because once you once you become a Buddhist priest, that that takes some that takes some guts. Mm-hmm. That takes some guts. I mean, really, seriously, seriously. I don't understand that. And discipline. I don't understand it. I re- I don't. I, I'll be the first one to say I don't understand it. But I mean, I I can understand. Uh, I can understand other kind of traditions. But at a point where you say to yourself, "I'm going to become a priest and I'm not going to play music anymore." That's that's some deep stuff. That's some deep stuff, especially since you, you since I know that you could play. So it's not like you you're doing that because I'm not successful at doing this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's the whole point. See, a lot of people, they, a lot of people, they say, okay, I'm going to become religious because I can't play. Right. <laughs> Okay. Which is cool. Which is cool. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But if you, but if, but if you can't play, then you say to yourself, something else is overwhelming me, and I'm going to take this other direction. I'm going to go down this road not taken. Then you start to question the person. You start to say, Where are you going to get a job? Where are you going to live? I wonder if he played for himself. While he was pursuing this other thing or something, uh, I wonder if he prayed for himself. Well, I wonder if he meditated for himself, or did he meditate for the group? He's a priest. Yes, I mean serious, a yeah. Shinto priest. He's serious business. This is serious business. This is not like, oh well, you know. I'm going to be like, you know, just go out here and make me some money and get me a free apartment. No, this is not like that. No, it's not. No, Really? Yeah, I, I, I did talk to him about it a bit, and I wish I How? Well, <laughs> no, William. <see>? William. <laughs> no, right William there. Hooker. How? <laughs> you, were, um, you were performed in a television series that I produced and directed. Yeah. And so did Joseph Jarman. Where was that? At Knitting Factory. That's right. Yeah, and I, I shot a performance of his, and I interviewed him, and I spent the day with him and uh-huh. talked with him about some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh-huh. I wish I, you know, this is twenty years ago. I'm listening I, now. Well, I wish I had it. No, know, no, no. Could and what, put myself back in that. What but transpired? Yeah. He, um, he said he told me a little bit about the discipline of zazen. It's a seated meditation. And he said the goal was to be happy. That's what he said. Was he married? I, I did not ask him that, I don't believe. And How I, could you not ask him <laughs> that? I don't know. 
How don't many always priests, ask people how, that question. Well, no. How many priests do you know are married? Uh, how many Buddhist priests do I know? It's a short list, buddy. I don't know. I, I that would be one of my most immediate questions. Well, I wish you had been there with me. That would have been very useful. Because I would also you have, have you, you get my point what I'm saying here? This is like this is going in another this is going in another path here. These are very human questions and that yeah. I think really goes right to what his music is about. I don't know about the music. I don't know about the music. <laughs> that's why I'm saying that. I know you're right. That's what his music is about. You're absolutely right. But that's kind of a general like I just gave you a pen. I just gave you uh, I just gave you the the uh the the paintbrush and you just put it in red and you just went Shh. well no. no i know he had been married i do know he had been married i don't know uh i don't know it's intimate are details. priests are priests allowed to marry buddhist priests I, buddhist priests i you're out of my you get where I'm coming from with this. I, yes. You get it. You get where I'm coming from with this. Because yes. I have seen this. I have seen it. Trust me. I have seen this. This is some other stuff. This is some other stuff. You know, so, I mean, not that I want to take our our, uh, our listening audience to the point of, like, asking them all these questions and making them, like, get a headache. But I just want you guys to know that, like, when you decide that you're going to stop playing this music and you're going to become a Buddhist priest, that's some other stuff. That's other. That's not a Love Supreme kind of thing. It is in a way, but it, in another way, it's kind of not. So my my thing just came out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Home of technical difficulties. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I'm only I'm only I'm only saying that because I'm not in awe of this. I'm just questioning. I'm dropping water because I'm getting all nervous because because be, I'm getting all You're, nervous because I've been around these people um, a, a major part of my life. And I know where this is coming from. And I'm asking this. I'm asking this great giant of this music. How does your soul balance this? Yeah, no, I mean the guy, the man was a, a seeker without question, and I and he clearly he followed these creative drive that he had, and it it took him through some doors that I don't know if you know until you go. Well, well, that's that's where. Uh, that's that's where we are. That's where we are. That's where we are in um, in terms of uh, us looking at uh, his work. And uh, let's just continue this particular I, piece. All right, all right. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. These two fantastic musicians at the top of their game, and just the height of immediate musical communication. Yes, and. They're flowing. It's a beautiful set. It's we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. This is from the WKCR archives. This is not a commercial release, but there's lots of great CDs and records and probably digital downloads and everything else with Joseph Jarman. Um, either with the Art Ensemble of Chicago, which he and his musical partner here, Don Moyer, were both 
members of for many years. Mm -hmm. And uh, you should have some Joseph Jarman music in your collection. You might not find this piece that we're here playing tonight, but there's lots of other great, great music from Joseph Jarman. J-A-R-M-A-N, Joseph Jarman. Let's keep going on Let's this keep one. going. Yeah. All right. So we're going back to the RC Auditorium, University right. of Michigan, Ann Arbor, September 1979. Joseph Jarman, Don Moyer, and uh, a duet performance. Right. My guest, William Hooker. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. It's W-K-C-R.
That was part one of A Deep Focus from July 10th, 2023. William Hooker, my guest on the topic of Joseph Jarman. William, you might have heard me say in there, has been a guest a number of times on the show. If you want to find out more about uh, episodes of Deep Focus, well, you can, if you subscribe, um, sure your app will have an opportunity to look for past episodes on there. You can go to the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. But uh, you might have more satisfaction going to my personal website, which is mitchgoldman.com. Pull down the About Deep Focus tab. There's a little Google search bar in there. You could put the name William Hooker in that search bar. You'll see uh, all the episodes that have He's done with me over the last 10 years or so will pop up and um, you can also follow us on Instagram. It's deep focus podcast uh, at Instagram and you can email me. It's deep focus now at gmail.com deep focus now at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Um, I lied to you. I'm sorry about that, but I told you if you were listening to the last episode I didn't lie, actually. I said we had listeners in over 60 countries. I actually took and counted it's up to 115 countries. So um, that's all thanks to you. And especially if you have subscribed, if you've clicked life, liked, or given us a review or five stars or whatever your uh, podcasting app allows you to do makes a huge difference. That helps people to find the show. So I really want to thank everybody who's done that. That really does mean more than you know. Much appreciated. Okay, I'll see you over at part two. Once again, it's July 10th, 2023. William Hooker on the topic of Joseph Jarman.